PT Pro Talk Podcast, the fastest way to increase your knowledge with the brightest minds of physical therapy in your pocket. Welcome to PT Pro Talk Podcast. I am Mariana Tondo, your host for today. In this episode, Dr. Scott Holmes will talk about Gota, the greatest of all-time athletes, and how he combines the method with MDT. Dr. Scott is MDT certified and Gota credential, which is a slow motion video assessment that is used to pick up on faulty movement to help you move pain-free and prevent injuries. I hope you enjoyed the show. Hi, Scott. Welcome to PT Pro Talk. How are you today? Good. How are you today? I'm doing good. Doing good. Um, so thank you for accepting my invitation. Uh, I'm curious to talk about this new topic. Um, so jump right in. Um, could you tell us a little bit about yourself, your career? Okay. Well, hey, and thank you again for having me on here today. I just like this, you know, this opportunity to share about Gota and just be able to learn more myself and um, help, hopefully help some other people in the process. Um, myself, my name, I'm Scott Holmes, physical therapist. Um, I've been practicing since 2010, so about 11 years now. Uh, I'm in a rural town in West Tennessee. I'm in the middle of nowhere, so redneck West Tennessee. Um, it's a small town called Milan, uh, but basically it's a city of about 7,500, people, but I, I pull from larger areas around me. Uh, grew up playing sports, um, college, went here locally, then PT school here in Tennessee. But um, one thing that really kind of, as far as, you know, this is more mechanical based MDT podcast, I got introduced to McKinsey Approach MDT my last year PT school. Um, I was actually having neck problems at the time. So imagine that um, PT school couldn't fix it. My professors actually made me worse. So I deranged bad. They moved me the wrong way and uh, they couldn't fix it. So within my first week there in the, my internship, my third year, I was seeing people, you know, they could not abduct their arm at all. I'm like, oh, and then the, my clinical instructor, Ken Keach, he, you know, was doing tons of retraction. And I'm like, what is this guy doing? And they retest the baseline. I'm like, oh, got more motion. Keep going more. And, you know, the 50 reps first session and she had full abduction. I'm like, okay, I need to learn this. And sure enough, learning those principles right off the bat, this is my story, but this is how I got into it, was within a week after progressing from retraction to retraction extension, I'd abolished all my neck pain. And so that's kind of my intro to MDT. And I was a student, so I didn't have as much stuff in my head. It was great. So um, then from there, uh, practiced, kind of bounced around, moved back home for a little while. And um had to do some home health stuff to make ends meet, but I knew that I was getting good outcomes with it, but I needed more mentoring. So I had two options. I had to go diploma route or go work under diplomats at IMC. And I chose that route because it was, a, I had a connection there and that really changed and my, my efficiency. And so I had so many areas that uh, people like Mark Miller, Paul Swart, um, Alan Sawyer, Mancor, um, all those people down there, they helped me a ton. So I'm still trying to learn. But yeah, that's how I got, you know, more advanced MBT. I still got a lot to learn. And then from there, came back, tried to implement some of it in the hospital system, fought, beat my head against the wall for a year or two or two and a half years. And I said, okay, I'm just going to start my own. And I, I started all cash in rural West Tennessee. It didn't work. So 
Um, I'm in just a handful of networks and so a little hybrid clinic, just me. You can see nobody, nobody else, just me. <laughs> it's kind of nice. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's, that's my history. And then from there, I get introduced. Lynn Graham's a friend of mine and uh, she told me, um, we were in a cash mastermind group at one point and she just said, you've got to check out Goda. This is really changing things. It helped her get rid of some knee pain she'd had. And I knew knee pain and MDT cases sometimes can be a little stubborn. Um, and so, you know, once you roll off the spine, that's great when it resolves there. Once you rule out knee deranged, that's great. But then you get something inconclusive and a little harder to treat with knee OA, things like that. And uh, there were some things I knew I was probably missing and, so it's helped me a lot. That's how I got into it. And I actually have a little knee pain myself and still do, but it's helped me a ton because um, it's more like a contractile issue. I got a leg link discrepancy and I'm, I'm a mess, but it's, it's helped a ton. So, so yeah. yeah. So let's talk about this GOTA movement. Uh, mm -hmm. So what is it and how does the method work? Okay. GOTA is greatest of all time actions or athletes. Um, it is so basically it's a method to design to help make you non-contact injury resistant so like the acl tears that happen you know non-contact that can prevent them i don't think they've had a single case of one of their athletes who stuck with a method ever get a non-contact so it's crazy because they've identified the pattern of movement that a lot of people get in and, and cause injuries with running walking things like that so that's what it is. It, it, you know, you look at the feet, you have to get the feet straight, the inside ankle bone high, the rear end's got to be back. It's called back chain dominant posture. There's about six pillars that they go off of, but it, it developed to know where this came from. It, um, it was developed off of slow motion study of babies as they start to crawl and walk um, that pattern. And then looking at athletes who had long, healthy careers, you know, Hall of Famers who had low injury rates and also like this, the aging, they call them the aging Goda, who are in their 80s to 100s who can run and jog and still move like that. And so they found a consistent pattern and that's how it developed. And it was developed by a guy named, um, I don't butcher his name. So Coach Gill is what we call him, Jose Bosch or Coach Jose Gilly Bosch. But um, he, he put together bits and pieces of different systems. He found the parts that worked and he was just watching a ton of slow motion video and had noticed a few unique things in the pattern and put it together. And he is not a, a medical professional. It's he got sick of a medical profession and he found some answers himself because he had some, you know, disc issues and all that back pain. And, um, it helped him a ton. So yeah, that's, that's what go to is slow motion assessment. Um, using lines uh, to point it out. It helps you know us see it better, helps the patient see it better. So buy-in's easier. And um, yeah, it cleans up on loose ends for MDT. Okay, uh, so just a question. Do you use slow motion on your practice or it was just used to develop the technique and then you just identify the postures and go from there? Great question, yes, I do. I use it in my practice. So. It depends on the patient. Usually when the first or second session I'm doing it because I want to catch it early on so that you can track the progress of the before and after. So, yes, I do. Um, you know, if they're real complex and lots going on there, I at least try to show them some things because some of them, if they're like, a, let's say they're a lumbar derangement, you get their footwork cleaned up even on that first session. So like, get your feet straight, put the weight on the outside edges of the feet. They're like, oh, 
my pain's less and their derangement reduces faster. So it's like, hmm, you know, because you're de decreasing the load, putting the body in the positions it's supposed to be in. Because, you know, as you know, they may not talk about this as much, but knowing the anatomy, which we know a lot about, you know, if you put the pelvis forward, let the feet pronate, you know, the hips internally rotate and the glutes just kind of shut off. You get the feet straight, put the weight on the outside edges of your feet and put your bottom back, you know, the backside starts to fire again. It's like, okay, there's, there's something to this. These guys are like, man, I'm missing some things. And the biggie is that inside ankle bone low posture, the pronation. You see that ankle drop, all your shock absorption gone, there goes your ACL tear. So one of the things they'll use is the, the inside ankle bone drops, the Achilles pops, or that's where your ACL shred is. And so that's, that's the biggie. They're preventing a lot of those things. So, yes, I use it practice um, almost. I use it every day. Very interesting. So how do you apply uh, Gota in our practice? Okay. Well, um, you look for, I guess, look for the low-hanging fruit, like just like with the MVT assessment, you try to look for that, like get a concordance on and try to find the biggest problem they have. Because the thing about Gota that's a little bit more, MVT is very complex. I mean, we know it is. It sounds so simple, but it's really not. Um, it's complex in a way that you're looking at a bunch of joints at once. So I'm trying to pick the one or two areas that movement issues that are the biggest problem. So like if you see their feet are really turned out, I would first work a lot on just get their feet straight inside ankle bone high walking. Um, and so that's how I implement it. I'll do that. I'll do groundwork. So groundwork is, is the basis of how we develop. Like right now I'm sitting in the floor. Um, I'm sitting a, crisscross but that in seiza like where you sit on your feet your toes turned under not not w sitting but um but basically it's seiza it's if you yeah i can show you but you basically you can watch little kids do you have kids not yet <laughs> well, um but basically you know you sit on your feet your toes are tucked under so that that restores that ankle plantar flexion inversion uh your knee range of motion the torsion there at the knee and also the hip interrotation so so many people lack that um you get them in the floor they're screaming and they cannot a lot of them cannot extend their hip very well and so that affects how well they walk if they're an athlete and they run so this method i use it every day in practice and that's i'll target a joint or two especially like the feet i'll get on the ground have them crawl you know, once they learn how to crawl, they stop, you know, how most people's thoracic spine gets so stiff and doesn't move well, that starts loosening up. They'll start moving side to side and they got a little swag and they're walking. They call it the go to wiggle. So, <laughs> yeah, that, that wiggle is huge. That wiggle's huge. You know, I'm, I've still been doing it more than a year now, but, uh, you know, I got home the other day. I was like, why is my left knee hurting? And I'd been riding and leaning more and my right side was forward more. I'm like, I'm not getting my head over my right foot. I'm not pulling my right shoulder back. And sure enough, I started walking around the house. I'm like, oh, it's going away. So, <laughs> so you know, it, it's neat and, you know, it's hard to treat yourself sometimes, but that's what the yeah. slow motion video helps you look at yourself too. So, you know. Nice. Yeah. Uh, I read something about pressure wave on the, on like the patterns. I was looking yes. at the website. So why mm -hmm. is that? Yeah, uh, really, because I know it's a podcast, it'd be easier to see it. But so pressure wave, I'll show you, I'll speak and I'll show you a picture while I'm speaking. People so can watch on the YouTube later. Yeah, yeah, People they can watch there. to the podcast. I'll put it yeah. on the YouTube so you can watch it. 
But simply put, if you see pressure wave, let me get here, that you'll see when, when you load and you land on one side, that the foot will be straight, the inside ankle bone will be high. You'll see the knee go out 22.5 degrees in the sternum. So you can see that right there, like on Barry Sanders. Mm-hmm. So that knee is out, the chest is yeah. out. So that's that energy wave that you load on one side and you load it and then you explode it to the other side. And so that's that energy wave because energy doesn't typically move in a straight line. Um, it's usually in waves. And so that's how, that's a lot of the theory behind it is that you're, yes, we, our body may move in a straight line, but we are loading and we're basically, you watch a baby crawl, they wiggle. And the good crawlers are the good runners and sprinters. You know, you watch most of your running backs or, or, or sprint athletes. Those guys, they've got some swag to them, and there's a reason why, because they're loading efficiently. Um, did you, I don't know if you've ever seen the video of uh, oh, Michael Johnson critiquing Usain Bolt. Guess what? Usain Bolt beat your record, dude. <laughs> so it's, and he's, you see him. You can see him load. That, you can get on there yeah. and watch Usain Bolt slow motion. You can see him load that side, knee out, chest out, boom. And, you know, he's got – even has a significant leg length description. He's still, you know – um, set records so that's what it's based off people like that who moved well and did really well so. so you so you are basically trying to identify like the wrong patterns that people have and try to correct mm-hmm. them and make it more efficient so exactly they, hmm, that's yeah and so you know I, I deal with athletes and everything but you know my most of my my patient population has been everyday joe so this has actually helped me start pulling in athletes and start doing more training, you know, high school athletes and all that. I'm not working with pros yet or anything. That's Coach Gill, Coach Gary. Um, I'll refer them to them if you're like real high level there. But um, yeah, so you if you move more efficient, you're probably going to hurt less. So yeah, just, and like these super athletes, like did someone uh, teach them how to do this, or do you think that's something natural, or like what you just identified that on them so all those ones at least the the examples i said that was just they were that way from birth they'll say that's your birthright that's your innate movement pattern we get out of those patterns from sitting in chairs and shoe wear and slumping those basic things you know jobs sometimes like even simple as like hairdressers you know they'll throw their pelvis forward you'll see that thoracic spine flex um, that is a backwards movement. Chair is a backwards movement. It's reverse. It's our reverse gear. You sit in the chair and the, you see the, you know, the lumbar spine, pelvis flex, tuck under the, like if you were to get out of that chair, you're, you're going backwards. You know, your forward gear, your rear ends behind you and you see the lumbar spine go extension, the greater trochanter sitting back a few degrees behind the lateral malala, and you're just, you're, you're primed to go forward. And so that's what we're, that's what they're teaching. That's the theory, but really it does. I mean, I've seen inconclusive low back pain. You say, get your rear end back more. And like, oh, oh it's gone. <laughs> so, you know, but. So that, that's the indigenous, indigenous tribe pattern that I don't know yeah. how to say it, but yeah. I yeah, that, that's, that. our, that's our innate movement pattern. And we just, unless you've probably got some developmental disorder, um, neurological type problem, um, that's how you come out moving. Like I've watched my, I've got, eight month old twins right now they come out they'll you'll see those nice pretty bows in their legs or inside ankle bones will be high 
and one of them starting to rock and getting ready to crawl. That's part of the groundwork you do. Like literally I've 80 year olds in here rocking on the ground. And then I put down foam tiles now because the turf I had was too hard. The old, old knees didn't like it. So yeah, that's, that's, you know, that's basically it in a nutshell there. Yeah. And, and how do you use it in relation to MDT? Okay. So classify, classify, you know, Assess, was it the ADTO model or um, that's Ron Donaldson's book or I'm funneling every patient, you know, you use the symptom location time frame as a constant intermittent. What makes it better makes it worse. The things that, you know, us MDT therapists know, like the funnel is where it's at. Like get my provisional classification, you know, rule out the spine. If it's an extremity problem, you know, derange, just go down the list. That's I'm doing that every time. But I'm taking into consideration also the slow motion with it of like, okay, what other repeated and sustained postures are they getting? In? Am I missing anything? Is there, is there something else that could be, it, it's like the better, worse section. You watch that. That's kind of part of your better, worse. And it's part of your, even your um, objective testing too. So it's just basically like MDT on steroids. Like you're doing some of the IMC training I did along with that so it's it's a lot of involvement but um yeah that's how i, I implement it i'm i'm ruling out derangement like all other bt therapists do ruling out the spine if it's an extremity problem and incorporating that into it to help fill in gaps so yeah it's it's not complicated it's just step at a time learn it and do it and the more you do it you'll see where it fits in and do you do you think you use in most cases are and few cases and like how how like do you see that in your practice i'd say most so like you know mdt started mr smith posterior lumbar derangement okay let's say they're responding to extension uh, and when i start doing you know functional exercise maintenance and recovery function i'm looking at some other things like footwork and just throwing in functional exercise like squatting and things and showing them how to move and squat more efficiently in the back chain um, just testing some other things that could be deficiencies that may lead to injury. It's part of their recovery function, basically. So if it's like a clear cut, I got this, boom, then I'm still same, you know, same process. But that's part of my, add that in there, the functional exercise recovery function part. So, so it's pretty much like, for example, if you see a derangement and, mm -hmm. and centralizes it gets better. And even though like you apply that to try to have maybe like long lasting results and making sure that because even though they take care of the posture, they're sitting the whole day or like something like that. So do you do you think that that helps you on the prevention of the, the, the recurrency of the derangement, for example, or? Oh, yeah. And I will say, like, for example, you'll get a little faster resolution. Like, let's say somebody uh, I've got several golfers because I've been a golfer and don't play as much now because I'm busy. But you'll see uh, on their back, their hind leg, their right leg be towed out more. And a lot of them will be posterior drains. You've been backwards. Oh, I'm great. But you, you know, I work in on that and they'll, they'll reduce faster. You get that foot straight, you load it more efficiently. And they're like, oh, it may be gone that session. So, yeah, in some of that, as far as let's say, let's say extension centralized abolishes all symptoms. Um, I'll still include a little bit of that. Um, that's just a guess at that point if it 
helps with prevention at that point, but shouldn't hurt as long as they know how to test their emotions and symptoms and how to, you know, do their prophylactic care. It's kind of add on for, for them, you know, but I do know that some, you see that cause and effect, you add it and bam, it starts to reduce even better. So, yeah. That's interesting. So uh, the next question is like, what are the results that you see in our practice? So you're saying that pretty much sometimes it's instantaneous. And can sometimes be. It, it helps on the, you know, the, the prevention. It can, and... it can be. And so like in your, in your derangements, it's going to be a rapid change um, in your inconclusives, as long as you've ruled things out right, you know, but I have people who I'm like, this thing looks inconclusive. I don't understand it. And I get them on the ground. I start rocking and they crawl and they get up and they're like, I'm 50% better. I'm like, well, dead gummit, that was a derangement, but I'm not sure which direction got it. But <laughs> <laughs> so but that's the beauty of some of it it's not as specific like in um mdt is very great at classifying and we all know that you can implement mobs you know it depends on if you manipulate i don't but it, you can use different procedures like mulligan techniques or whatever still if you need to use those to reduce it so that's where it fits in like it's yeah, it was a derangement. I've had derangements reduced with crawling on the ground because they were loaded too far on one side. And they just needed a ton of reps getting the full on crawl for five minutes. So, yeah, it, it's crazy. I tell patients, yeah, go tell them your therapist said to crawl on the floor and see if they look at you like you're nuts. Just don't tell your doctor that. <laughs> oh, that's crazy. Uh, yeah. Who so, would imagine? Yeah, I, I didn't, but I got frustrated with a few patients. And, um, I'll tell you real quick, because you said the results, the two that caught my eye, I was like, I have got to get certified. The very first one, he's a locomotive engineer. Um, I treated him three times. One of them, I kept him out of back surgery. He would shift, you know, shift correction, progressing back to side your plane, all that stuff. He's like, I'm good. I can function. He had psoriatic arthritis on top of that. Little sleep, very inconsistent. So sciatic pain came back another time you know, help resolve a shoulder issue, came back again, same shoulder issue and um, had a cervical component. You could extension or side bending would go down the arm. And uh, sure enough, you know, we could get some partial resolution, but the more I started looking at slow motion video and Lynn was helping coach me, he was side bent and rotated to the left. I'm like, I don't care how much I push you this way in the clinic. I can't get it to stay. And, you know, he, it makes sense. He's in a, he's an in engineer. He's looking out the window all day. He's like, yeah, I'm in there beating and banging on. I don't have a good seat and I'm looking to the left. I'm like, well, dead gummit, you're looking at a shoulder surgery or neck. They may go in and operate on the wrong joint. Go walk. Cause when he was walking his head, his head and shoulder is he wasn't getting that 22.5. He wasn't loading that pressure wave on the right side. So, I said, go get your head over your right foot, turn that right shoulder back, you know, make a uh, showed him the math and he got it. He's really, really aware of his body. And so I said, walk 45 minutes a day. Cause at the time he couldn't walk maybe a mile, a mile and a half. And he was done because of pain and everything. Within two weeks, he was up to four miles a day. And he said, you're not going to believe this. It's been 10 years. I have, I have very little to no pain when I first get up and most of my day I'm pain free. I'm like, and he came in, he was straight. He was not this way. He was back straight. He's like, this is a miracle. And he kept doing it. And he checked in with me just to say hi about, you know, four or five months later, dude had lost 50 pounds. Like he's like, I can move and walk again. Like, ah, I need to learn more of this. So um, he awesome. was, he was one, another guy, 
patient I treated before, um, he came to me, had a mild entrapment because he'd been to see somebody else for a year and just was lazy and it got stuck and, you know, adding the crawl and the other stuff and uh, several, I had to do the whole remodeling process with him for like an entrapment, but also had to incorporate moving more efficiently. He'd been on pain meds for 20 years and got off of them. And he said, you're not going to believe this. Like, what? He's, you know, doing go to crawling, learning to move more efficiently. I can get off the medicine. Like, oh, wow. So those two cases were just like, I'm sold. I know, you know, it's going to help, you know, a lot of people. So, you know, I think if, you know, one of the questions you put on here was like clinicians starting their career get MDT certified or, or more and learn GOTA. So, you know, That's I know there's, there's other methods, but just my thoughts. Yeah. I never heard about it yeah. before. It's so, so when, when did this method start? When it was created? Do you know? Um, I may have just coach curious. Gil and I may have coach Gil and then, you know, fill it in more. I think it was eight years ago or more nine or like whenever he kind of put everything together and, um, Formally, I don't know, the last several years, I've really been teaching courses. So, and it's, it's the neat thing about it for me has been, um, it's not just uh, PTs because the PTs are actually fewer. It's mainly just trainers. So I had to apply to get it um, approved in the state of Tennessee. So if you're in the state of Tennessee and you want to get credentialed, you can, if you have questions, I had to submit it and I got it approved for like, oh gosh, it was almost 30 hours, but it was really, I put in a lot more time than that, but uh, it was worth it. So, but it's been neat because you get to talk to PTs, Kairos, whatever, don't shoot me, but you know, <laughs> it's, it's good because, you know, I think we're all out there trying to help people and you see things from different perspective and Goda has the same mindset as MDT of helping make people be independent. They'll say the goal of the recode, which recode is recoding the way you move. The goal of the recode is to not recode. It's like the goal of MBT is for us to get to the pre prevention prophylactic stage where they can self-treat. It's the same thing with them. So hmm. that's probably mesh so well because the mindset's the same. Okay. My mind is just going here. So for the ones that do telehealth, like me, I do a lot of telehealth. Uh, do you do you think that can work through telehealth? Like it how do you would analyze in slow motion or like you don't have to, or how do you see that? Oh yeah. I've got telehealth cases I use with it solely. I've got one in Florida right now. One in Chattanooga. Um, so, Hey, here's another side note, because if it's coaching and you do it as a wellness package that you're technically practicing as a coach at that point. So that's if you're doing just strictly recode, not PT services. So yes, it can. And there are, Plenty go to coaches who have way more experience than me who do just solely. Um, they mainly do it remotely like you do, like telehealth. So it meshes well because you're looking at you're looking at slow motion video and you say, hey, you can you can do a screenshot and show it to him and say, this is the posture you're in. We got to get over here. Let's work through some drills, do one thing at a time and see what helps you get more to that position. So. So the, the, small, the slow motion would be more to help the therapist to analyze it or to show the client to make them understand or both? Both, both hands. Both. Okay. Yeah. It helps okay. us both. It's just like, you know, the, the repeated movement assessment. It helps, it helps me understand, you, you understand what's going on with them. And also the patient can get that by and they're like, oh, yeah, they see that cause and effect. So it's yeah. kind of both hands. Yeah. It's really, it's really helpful to like get people in the door, even if they're 
<laughs> even if they are simple posterior derangement needs to be backwards, but you get a video like, hey, dude, your jock, your walking's jacked up. We got to look at just, we might need to look at your feet, but it does help them um, in the prevention prophylaxis reducing. So it, it helps um, with getting people in the door too. It's a little easier sell than sometimes explaining MDT can be abstract. We know it works. We know all the data and the research is there, but this is a little easier to, to how you look at this. And I send them a few screenshots and a little video assessment. Yeah. And they're like, oh, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Cool. Uh, so I'm just curious now to ask you about the contractile dysfunction. Mm -hmm. So um, that's probably even, I'm, I know it's probably all related, but I imagine like that, especially the, the, the these type of dysfunctions, I imagine that would really help to let them not compensate and use use the muscles more efficient too, right? Yes. Like in my experience, because I've got one leg longer than the other. I had a hip surgery when I was 26, but on the hip that I have, my my problem uh, is a contractile dysfunction, the right knee, patella tendon, but my right hip doesn't move well. And that actually happened because my left foot, I had a bad hip ankle injury and I wasn't pushing off efficiently off that side. And so that right hip was the heel was jamming the ground. I didn't even know it. And so, yes, you get the footwork cleaned up, take some load off of it. You start putting more load. Like for me, I was putting all the load through the quad in the front. And if you look at even at uh, studies looking at elite runners, I'm not a big runner, but they, they have more of a balance. They use more of the backside of their body. And so I had to get more, Yes, it can take load off the contractile dysfunction and also even assess motions of other joints that could be contributing to it. So contractiles can be easy if you just have that simple, I've ruled out the spine, I've ruled out derangement, I just need to load it slowly and progress it. But then you run into the ones you're like, hey, gum it, it's not getting better, what am I missing? And that was me. I'm like, I've done all the slant boards, I've done eccentric, I've done backward walking, I've done ISOs, and I just wasn't. I wouldn't see why they go back to the same pattern and then the, the, the dysfunction is there. Right. Yep. Gonna, yep. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. So it, I know they can be complicated too, but that's go to really kind of shed some light on that too. So this is where I'm saying like the two system mesh so together and they're really not against each other. If you really use them the way they're supposed to be used, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. let's transition to our final question. So what is your favorite resource of information? Anything that you like in particular that you want to share with us? Um, one, I know I start people out with who I had an intern recently. It was just uh, Ron Donaldson's rapidly reversible low back pain. I know that was, that's what got me kind of like, I'm more left brain, like facts, data, whatever. But I want, that's what my instructor did with me. He said, okay, read this. And it made me start thinking, hmm, you know, everything's blowback pains of black, black box diagnosis. It's generic. So it got me to thinking about assessing diagnosis, basically using the funnel and um, the problem we have in America. So that's, that's a big one. Other resources like for just ongoing learning, JMMT, um, uh, I use Google Scholar some and other, other search engines for that. But like, I know Google Scholar, you got to filter through what's good and bad, but you know that's basically where i'll go so yeah, yeah anything the mckenzie institute puts out too so the same book that y'all recommended you just did that is, is that who he recommended 
Yeah. yeah he's, he's a great guy. <laughs> a lot smarter than I am. <laughs> uh, uh, and do you have any other advice to the clinicians? The, uh, because you already said the MDT and the Goyota, the Goda, sorry. Yeah, everybody uh, gets it wrong. It's all good. Yeah, yeah I, knew, I knew it was going to happen at some point. <laughs> uh, um, advice, I would say, so this goes back to my wife and I've been involved in ministry too, um, that there's characteristics for people you look who are, who can really grow and flourish. Um, of course, this is ministry, but it really applies to everything, that they're faithful, meaning that they're responsible, they can be consistent. Um, just be consistent when you're learning you know, whatever method you learn, but especially MDT, um, be available. You've got to be, you've got to have some time set aside to be able to learn it. Like, you know, if I see so many clinicians who they're just patient, 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 go home. I got all these things planned and they don't take any, you know, Paul Swart gave me really good advice when I was in, in Tallahassee. He just said, when you got the manual here, read through it, just spend 15 minutes a day. That's it. And just be consistent. And so you got to have some availability uh, to, to learn. That's why I like my hybrid class, hybrid, a little small um, PD practice here. Cause I can do that. I love that stuff and just be teachable. Like, you know, be willing to eat some crow at times because you're going to be wrong. <laughs> um, that's what Lynn told me about some cases. She's like, you ready to eat some crow? I'm like, sure. Just tell me. <laughs> but um, yeah, faithful, available, teachable. Those are the, the acronym that we use, you know, so. Yeah. But yeah, I think that's that's good for any any part of life, really. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. And what personal qualities or abilities that you think are important to become a successful PT? Oh, I guess I got those backwards when I answered. Those were the. <laughs> those These were. Yeah, that that, and um, I guess going back on what I said about MDT, like find a reliable assessment treatment method, which. I'm yeah. biased. It's MDT and then get go to credentialed as yeah. well. But I know there's other stuff like out there that things that I want to learn too. I'm 35 and got four year old and two and twin eight, twin eight month old. So I'm a little busy right now, but uh, I'll keep learning. We yeah, want to do be, everything. We just don't have time to do it all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Us being humans, a limiting factor for sure. But yeah. 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 But awesome. that's, I mean, my, yeah, that's my advice is just get a good reliable. That's why I so recommend Ron Donaldson's book because it's like, why do we learn all this other stuff if it's not, if the assessment method is not reliable in the first place, like your outcome's going to be off. So, you know, yeah. we, so that's, that was just my thought. Yeah. Awesome. So Scott, if people want to learn more about your work or uh, contact you, how they can mm -hmm. find you? They can find me Facebook, um, Scott Holmes PT or Holmes Physical Therapy. There's one in Massachusetts. I'm in Tennessee. So Holmes Physical Therapy. They can find me on Instagram, Scott Holmes PT. I'm not super active there. Um, more on Facebook. And then I've got a website. It's uh, scottholmespt.com. Everything's okay. pretty basic because it's a one-man show and I'm not that great at marketing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. It, we, I think we all have the same problem, PTs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's awesome. So thank you so much, Scott, for taking the time and sharing this. That's very interesting, the, the topic, the, the GOTA. So uh, 
as I haven't never learned or listened to it, I know a lot of other PTs haven't too. So I think it's great just to start talking about it and, and letting people know that there is a great option there. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you know, I think a neat thing that, that uh, I want to throw this out there too, is that if you want to get credentialed, let me know. I can answer some questions. Um, you can contact yeah. me there. Um, also, if you don't want to, go through all that i do some consultations for people like i can sing for a few sessions and get them back to you so that's an option too nice um, nice okay good so thank you so much scott i really appreciate your time hey thank you it's great being on here questions suggestions or topics you want to hear about talk to me on ptprotalk.com join our email list to receive updates and new episodes and subscribe here Tell your friends about it and be sure to share. Also, leave us a review and let us know what you think. We are going to publish today's video recording on my YouTube channel, so you can check the link out in the show notes. Thanks for joining us and I'll see you next time.